0: Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm so glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us imagining, get us talking, get us maybe inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we've made the connection. So welcome. I'm so glad that you are here today with us. This show is going to be lots of fun. We're co-producing it with Art to Change the World, and we're focusing on social practice art, and we're looking at healing. Lale McDill is my co-host today, and she is the board chair of Art to Change the World. Lail, tell us a little bit about Art to Change the World's vision, and in particular, what you see Art to Change the World feeling about social practice art
1: yeah it's so good to be here. So um yeah, arts change the world really started as the basic concept of bringing our um, social practice art to people. And our mission is that we are a diverse nonprofit coalition of change makers employing the arts in the service of positive social change. So it's all in there. social <laughs> change and you know art, and that's what we're all about, and we've got some really amazing artist members that are making just some super engaging artwork and that's what it's all about is you know making art that people are really involved in not just looking at it
0: and you've invited some wonderful artists to join us today
1: yes i'm so
0: excited so our first segment um tell us a little bit about sarah hansen
1: yes so sarah hansen is she is a cast metal sculptor and public artist and I was so lucky to get to take one of her classes in her Wow Mobile, which she'll talk more about. But it's basically a bus that she's converted into a metal work um, studio. So I got to do that last summer. It was just amazing. We did that through Art Change the World. So um, it it was mind-blowing. And I hope she'll talk all about it. <laughs> well, Sarah, so Sarah, do tell tell us
2: about your, your bus. Yes. Hi. And... Um, Thank you for having me, and thank you for including me in the important work that you do.
0: Well, we're, we're, uh, so we're delighted. Yeah, the
2: bus um, is I um, was operating a mobile um, metal uh, workshop on wheels, the wow, um, out of uh, uh, truck and trailer for years. And um, I um, just recently was able to um, purchase a retired Metro Transit city bus. And um, have converted it into a, um, a mobile studio that I could so I can go right into communities and offer the entire um, process of casting and creating right within communities and um, sharing those experiences. Um, yeah, right in communities. So um, it's exciting, and um, I am um, uh, just doing more planning right now with um, the downtime. So tell me
0: about this. I want a little bit more about the bus. How many people can you take in when you, let's say, roll into the community? And what's the process that you take them through when they are part of this education experience?
2: Sure. Um, yeah, well, right in the bus, um, there are workstations set up for 14 individuals working um, inside of the bus and then outside of the bus um, um uh, tables provide more um, space for um, art making and um, um, the classes and workshops that I offer as a, a public artist. I like to um, work within the community's um, visions of what they are um, wanting to express um, collective vision and ideas and uh, create programming around that. Um, so really um, um, uh, customizing the workshop around um the the environment and the community vision that that I um, go into.
0: And how did you start doing this? What, what what gave you the inspiration to be working with community and helping to create art in community?
2: Sure. Yeah, I was a uh, um, art instructor at Interact Center for the Visual and Performing Arts, and that is an adult day program for people with um, different abilities. And I um, was working there as an art instructor, and I. Um, uh, were, had the idea to really want to, um, broaden the, uh, op- create opportunities for the artwork that was created there to a larger community. And so, um, I received a forecast public art grant for, um, the creation of, um, a sculpture, the Interstellar Record Project, which really, um, was kind of the, um, the start of the work that I do as, uh, community collaborator and an artist and a cast metal maker i it was a a combination um project so i was able to do a residency with the artist at the studio and um create this interstellar record which is based on the voyager spacecraft of the interstellar record that is out there and um so carl sagan when he was putting that together you know put sounds on it and um dna uh pictures and music of the world and um, but they didn't feel equipped to uh, really decide what was representative of visual art on earth so um, this was our take on that so it's a four foot disc um, cast aluminum um, sculpture that is housed in a um, uh, uh, space travel type um, construct and it is on Lake Nokomis but so that was I was able to create do the residency with the artists um, and share their artwork with a broader audience. And we had a uh, kind of a launching of the Interstellar Records with a public (laughs) um, with a public event. So we poured metal, and we had a um, opportunity for individuals to create their mini Interstellar records, which were also um, part of the sculpture. So it was really just about the opportunity for this audio or this community to. Um, also to engage with a broader community for the event and teach them what they learned and have the opportunity to be the, um, the teachers and, uh, share their experiences. And so that's really kind of what I, um, in any case, I like to, um, um, offer the opportunity for some communities or hidden, um, communities or p- people that aren't right in, um, front center society, the, Mm -hmm. uh, opportunity, or they don't call themselves artists maybe to, um, share their visions and through a creative way. And I find that going right with, right into a community also is, um, it, it people are often, um, responding to the process a little, bringing a little bit more to the experience when it's right in their community Mm -hmm. and, um, responding a little bit more authentically and, um, resulting in a much more engaging um, creative process
0: when you're planning to go into a community what are you hoping you know that happens what what, what is it that you f- you feel is successful um, after you've engaged with the community that you can go oh it happened this is what I look for this is what I hope to have happened what is that 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 magic thing that happens in the community that you hope for when you go into work with them?
2: Yeah, I think, um, it's, um, when, um, the, 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 there is just this need, a natural need and, um, innate desire for people to, um, have, uh, meaningful connections and belonging. Mm. I think with the loss of, um, living in tribal societies and within with extended families and the decline of church attendance and religion and their lack of ritualistic events that, um, and the pandemic, um, that it just has contributed to our growing need for human connection and belonging. And that if that, um, there, uh, has a opportunity to explore and discover together and, um, have, um, developed relationships and strengthen them, um, and while also honoring and celebrating um, their individual expression and community vision, collective vision, mm-hmm. um, that is a success.
0: Leil, you you said that you just loved being part of it. What was that your experience as well? When you, yeah, uh...
1: yeah, I, I mean it's so amazing because you're you're getting to do something that is. Um, usually in a fancy studio somewhere where, um, you know, you usually have to go and be part of that, but it's, you're actually outside in a bus and (laughs) it's very, it's very inviting. You know, I think that, you know, people like, like what Sarah's saying is communities that might not normally get all this experience, they actually can just, you know, it, it rolls up into their own community and it's like, right there (laughs) and they they can have that art experience without a lot of um you know i don't know fancy stuff
0: (laughs) and and the sense that do folks feel like after they've gone through that that they feel more comfortable considering themselves artists or at least creating art
2: yes um yeah i've um i've hear a lot of that really you know like the process seems intimidating or um the idea of it is just, um, so unknown. And I think that that is, um, also really rewarding when, um, uh, people of all ages, abilities, and, um, uh, are able to realize that the have, have, uh, success in their, um, their results from Mm -hmm. their, the, the efforts are, which are, um, um, laborious you know it can mm-hmm. be a lot of work to um, make a sculpture a mold and then pour metal and um and also i think um the results of it when we're able to create a larger public art piece as a result of mm-hmm. uh longer duration in a community that also has the then the extension and um longer lasting uh ability to um share those efforts and creative visions as a final sculpture or installation within the community.
0: I have one last question for you. Do you have any special memory that was like an aha moment or a, or, or your favorite memory of something that had a lot of impact when you were doing this program um, with the community? One special story you'd like to share?
2: Um, yeah, I think that's working with, I'm still trying to understand how, understand the experience working with, um, the Minnesota society for the blind, um, creating visual art and working with the entire process from, um, sculpting and mold making and pouring metal with individuals with, uh, that are visually impaired or blind, um, was fascinating and, um, just requiring me to be, um, a better communicator and, um, Listener and offer um, um, instruction and um, teaching, and through that was um, mind blowing. <laughs> um, and I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how how that all impacts me as a as a teacher and collaborator and. Um,
0: And discovering what that is for yourself. Yes, I, I love right, that you're in yes. process still with it in in your aha. That you're you're still yes, ahaing. Sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, well Sarah, of
0: of Sarah. do do share your website so our um, our audience can take a look at the work that you're doing.
2: Great. Yes, thank you. It's um Sarahansonwow.com.
0: Okay, and that's s a r a h a n s o n w o w dot com, and that's
2: my personal website. And then the Wow Mobile Metal Lab and Show. Um, there's a link in there, and that process is, or that website is uh, being built now, so that will um, have the upcoming events and programming shortly. Terrific! And Lale, want you share with us right. the art to change the world?
0: Sure, it's arttochangetheworld.org. dot org, and all sorts of great artists are part of Art to Change the World, um, with missions yeah. to make a difference. So, thank you for That's joining right. us on Connections Radio Show here on AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We'll be right back, and we'll be talking with more artists. So, stay with us. Good morning. I'm Laurie Fitz and welcome to Connections Radio Show where we talk about ideas that matter and I'm so glad you've joined the conversation today. We're talking about social practice art and we're also going to be looking at healing. We are co-producing this show with Art to Change the World and I have Lael McDill who is my co-host and she's also the board chair of Art to Change the World – Lail, you have brought some wonderful artists for us today. But before we talk yeah. to our artists, tell me a little bit more about Art to Change the World and how you got involved. Yeah.
1: Um, well, um, the board or the, the director, Barbara Bridges, she looped me in. <laughs> and because she is a social practice artist herself, and I did a social practice art like workshop with her, which really like taught me hands-on what social practice art is because Barbara makes you actually come up with a project during that class. So, and you have to go out and, you know, implement it. (laughs) So Barbara is definitely one to always, you know, um, not just sit around and talk about things, you know? She's Mm -hmm. a doer. So, um, yes, she also, she was actually a a protege of Jill Waterhouse, Ah, who ah. is who we're going to be talking to now. Yeah, and Jill is one of the, like, long-term social practice artist that has been creating as a social practice artist even before they had the name social practice art. <laughs> so she has been around even way back in the 80s creating with all kinds of different mediums. She calls herself a mixed media sculptor and installation artist, which uh, is really what she is. It's She does amazing work. So I'm just so happy to have Jill here today.
0: Welcome, Jill. We're glad you're here.
1: Oh, thank
3: you. I'm really glad to be here. This is a uh, a really exciting opportunity to talk about this kind of
0: work. Absolutely. Now, I remember way back when, um, in the eighties and before, there were happenings where you had lots of different things all happening at once. But this is a little different, isn't it, with social practice?
3: Yes. When I think of happenings, I think more of the performative aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and with social practice art, I mean there is a there is often a, a performance component to that. But for me, it's really more about the work itself and how I engage with the work and how I have the opportunity to engage um, the audience as well.
0: So you've you've sent me some absolutely amazing art that I am totally intrigued with that I'd love to have you talk me through some of it in terms of you know the period that it came from, um, maybe we can start with the chasm uh, that divides between the divides. Okay. Tell me about that.
3: Yeah, it's nice that you started with that piece because that piece was actually created for an Art to Change the World show. It was ah. actually the debut show called See uh Do. And I'm going to back you up to the beginning of the piece, which was actually before Art to Change the World uh, began. I was This is how my work happens a lot. I'm, I'm always amazed at how things uh, come into my life. But the slab that you're looking at, that large um, cypress tree, yep,
0: I was, I was going to ask you if that was like a tree trunk or if it had been sliced some way, like it looks like a, a slice of tree.
3: It is. It was a slab of tree that was broken as you see it. Mm-hmm. And I was at a friend's house who by the way, is a social practice artist. Um, named Mina Learwood, who's also a teacher. And in her neighbor's yard was this slab of wood laying there. And I looked at it, and my brain just said, oh, my gosh, this is the divide in America. I have to get that slab. Yeah. And so I talked to um, Mina, and I asked her about her neighbor, and she said, well, call her up. you know." So I, I think I actually was there one day, um, and I ended up having a conversation with her, and she said, "Well, it actually belonged to her daughter, but she'd check and see if her daughter would be willing to sell it to me." And when her daughter found out what I wanted it for, she said, "Oh, mom, just give it to her." Oh. So I ran over there with my car and shoved it in as quickly as I could before they changed their mind. Now this <laughs> slab was, you know, covered in slugs
0: and dirt; and uh, it was all rough. And, and how knew- big is this? How this looks like a fairly big piece.
3: Yeah, the piece is um, the piece itself is six feet by six feet approximately, but wow. with the installation, it's about nine feet high. Hmm. So, it began with the slab, but what really created the centerpiece for me was an artist who's in another art group with me, and he found that aluminum in the middle, which, by the way, all those holes, those are bullet holes. Uh. Okay. So he found this shot-up aluminum, and I got to this art meeting, and he said, Jill, I have something for you. And we went upstairs, and he showed it to me, and my eyes just bugged mm-hmm. out of my head because I knew immediately that that was going to be the center between the two pieces of this um slab that has these beautiful curving oh, edges. And
0: natural and, and organic and, and has this grace to it. the, the, oh, the thank The wood. You. But then the... I was going to ask you about the silver. I, I did not know that they were bullet holes but it looked painful. It looked broken. It looked um, bright and shiny and yet now knowing that they're bullet holes really brings a real harsh reality to it.
3: Well, and not only that, Lori, but The edges are so sharp. I actually cut myself Mm. while I was making the piece. And, you know, I brought in the flag, which I'll explain in a minute. But I just went, what am I going to do with this blood? Because I wasn't in my studio at the time. And so I just wiped it on one of the red stripes of the flag.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: And then later I realized the import of that. I mean, I was incorporating my blood literally into the work
0: blood sweat and tears as they say right exactly
3: (laughs) you know which is kind of funny but Uh here's the other thing that's so beautiful so i have a neighbor who's almost 97 and i'm her primary caregiver and she had this old flag and i asked her if i could buy it from her and replace it with a new one and she said oh you can just have it and it was very old and very worn and so that got incorporated into the piece because i wanted a symbol of the american flag Tattered and torn, but not broken.
0: And it almost and looks it, like ribbons coming down. It, 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 it does. It does. It and just it, 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 the floating kind of like, stripes are like ribbons that are floating down right from that wood and from that 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 harsh metal piece.
3: Well, and if you look at what's below the piece, those hands. Yes, they were actually created for a different sculpture. It was to be the hands for the male of the Delta Venus piece, which mm-hmm. we'll probably talk about later. And then when I wasn't doing that piece, I thought, well, what am I going to do with these hands now? And all of a sudden I went, oh, they can catch the bits of the flag that are falling off. It's like the blood of the people. Mm. In fact, when we were at the show, a gentleman from France came up to me because he was so moved by the piece. And he says, Gilles, the hands are catching the blood of the people. And I just mm -hmm. got tears in my eyes because I hadn't... I knew that's what it was uh-huh. subconsciously, but mm-hmm. I hadn't brought it to the fore, as often happens with us artists. Mm-hmm. We're doing the work, but we're not aware, mm. sometimes consciously, of what we're doing. And then, so they are catching all of the torn bits of that flag. And then below that are the um, both the shell casings from a handgun and the shell casings from a shotgun.
0: And those are red and blue, just like the flag.
3: You know, it was funny. I spent yeah. weeks calling gun shops and gun ranges to see if they had any empty shells, and they all said, "No, no, we reuse them now." And then one day, oh, I wow. was talking to my partner Les, and he said, "Honey, I've got thousands of those in the basement <laughs> in bags. Just put on." And I looked through them, and there was green, black, red, blue, and two white ones. Uh-huh. And the oh. red and blue for me were obviously the flag, but also represented color or people of color. And the two white ones were kind of mm-hmm. like white people for me and the changing of the demographics in America.
1: Well,
0: I also mm-hmm. saw the um, the liberal and, and conservative. I mean, we have. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And that was
3: in there, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that red versus blue. Yeah. yeah. Which has um, become so it, it, s-
0: such a part of the divide.
3: Exactly, because that was really what was happening. And then, you know, that piece sat there for a year while I worked on some other work. And then when the ACW show became a reality, that's when this piece came into being and all the work started happening. And it was fun because, um, for example, you know, just how everything came to me, it, it just felt like it was meant to be. And the Band-Aid box that's in with the bullets
0: mm-hmm. or
3: the the empty shells, I've had that Band-Aid box since I was a little kid.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: Uh, Well, I just love those little tin boxes with the flip lids, you know, whatever they are. Mm
0: -hmm. And
3: I thought, oh, you know, it's maybe a little bit of a cliche, but in America, we have a tendency not to solve a problem to its very end that would be the best resolution. For example, the issue around race Mm -hmm. and what happened to George Mm -hmm. Floyd is just... A symptom of all of what has happened to to people of color, particularly Black people, in this country for
0: four hundred years.
3: Me, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and to me, yeah. the band aid box is a way of saying we have to do better than just slap a band aid on this problem. A band aid does not help someone who just lost their arm. No. You need a tourniquet, and then you need to really deal with what the problem is. Um, so it, it became an important metaphor in the piece. And if you look at the slide, um, hopefully they're in the same order on your computer. This next to that, you'll see there's a little table off to the side that looks kind of like the slab itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that had a stand on it that had the artist statement with a question that was, you know, which divide is the most challenging or difficult for you to cross? And then I encouraged people in the sh- who came to see the show. I had these long strips of paper, and they could write down, you know, with all honesty, what is hard for me? You know, where is that point where I can't cross the divide? Is it religion? Is it race? Is it gender? Is it, um, you know, whatever your issue mm-hmm. is. And people wrote some really poignant things. And then I gave them the opportunity to connect with me by giving me their contact info. Oh, Unfortunately, nice. our show was only up for, I think it was 11 days, wasn't it, Lale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: two weekends and and in between, yeah.
3: We had so many programs that people were so engaged with what was going on, they didn't always Mm -hmm. get to take time to respond to the work. So my hope Mm -hmm. is once the pandemic is over, this piece can go and be in a public space. I may have to remove the bullets, Mm -hmm. you know, the the shotgun shells, because they may not want those there. I'm not trying to say, look at all the violence in America. The shells were just a Mm -hmm. representative of violence.
0: Well, and, not they, the, and they were also, you know, a beautiful continuation. I mean, it just it, it uh-huh. flows just beautifully.
3: Oh, thank you. Because, you know, they do connect back to yep. the aluminum. Yep, they do. Um, but, you know, if they're uncomfortable having those in an environment that's public, they can be removed and people can still respond to the work. I could have a picture of the piece in its entirety and then have that opportunity. Because, like I said... What I really wanted was to get thousands of responses and then look at them and see where is it that people are struggling. How do we sort of prioritize those issues and in what way can we then inform how we make change? You know, and George Floyd right now is a perfect example of where one of our first priorities has to be once we're past the initial Uh, issue of the pandemic I mean obviously we can't do anything until we get that resolved because we're stuck
0: we're all stuck at home and and with that my friend I'm going to have to take a break (laughs) <laughs> I wish I could keep going, but I do need to take a break and then come back because I want to talk to you also about um some of your other works that are just so amazing. Um And we'll pick which one during the break that you think that you most want to share. But thank you so much for sharing from your heart and giving us insight to the pieces oh, that thank you're you, working on. Oh, absolutely. And, Lael, thank you. Why don't we share uh-huh. websites before we go? Why don't you give the Art to Change the World website, Leo? Sure. Sure, at arttochangetheworld.org. And did you want to share your um, email? Uh,
3: Mine, sure. It's it's h2o.jill at gmail.com, and the O is the letter, not a zero.
0: Uh, And so if you want to connect with Jill about her work, that's a great way of doing it. We'll be right back after just a few short commercials.
4: The largest ice palace maze in the country is going on now at the Zephyr Theater in Stillwater. It's a great way for the entire family to have some outdoor winter fun. Stoutly made with 1,500 ice blocks, the Zephyr's Ice Palace Maze is a safe outdoor winter event. The impressively high perimeter wall surrounds and keeps secret the half mile of twisting passages inside. The reward at the end of the maze? A 36-foot ice slide for kids and adults alike. Then come get some hot chocolate and spores to make your heart and hands warm and gooey. And if you're really lucky, you might get to meet Elsa on her way to her own Ice Palace on the North Mountain. Plus, for the grown-ups, the Zephyr Theater will have an ice bar with drinks for adults. And that's just what it sounds like, a bar made out of ice. Due to safety, visitors are limited to 100 at a time. So have some safe outdoor winter fun at the largest ice palace maze in the country at the Zephyr Theater in Stillwater. Tickets and details at com. That's com. Welcome
0: back to Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and we are co-producing this show with Art to Change the World, and my co-host is Lael McDill, who is the board chair of Art to Change the World. Welcome, Lael. Yeah, good to be here. Ha- this has been so much fun. You've brought such wonderful artists to talk to us about social oh. practice art and healing. Yeah. And we're going to continue to talk to uh, Jill Waterhouse. Do you want to give us a little background on Jill? We had a wonderful conversation with her in the last segment.
1: Yeah. You know, she is just an artist that can take something that she finds and make it into such meaningful work. And this next piece she's going to talk about is just astounding. So I'll let her just take it away. (laughs) All right. So
0: this piece that you're going to be talking to us about is the Delta Venus. Tell me about that. So the Delta
3: Venus was created during um, President Trump's run for office. And um, it changed quite a bit from its origin, but it really became a platform to look at the differences between how women value themselves and their value or the lack thereof in the current
0: culture. And this piece is a a mannequin woman um, standing on a shell, And she's draped in some interesting material. So tell me about that piece of art. Okay. So, yes, she's a standing
3: mannequin. She has this beautiful vintage face. She is covered in shredded money. And it's real money from the Federal Reserve. Ah. And then I did patterns of money on her, I hope I can say this on the radio, on her breasts and her gluteus maximus to draw attention to those areas because that's what, the culture values in women you know it's their sexual
0: parts absolutely and then there's also like a fan that she's holding
3: yes she's holding a fan Um, that was for two purposes one to disguise her damaged hand Ah. and two because Ah. it represented images of women throughout culture Mm. uh, throughout many cultures that have been in positions of either power or the lack thereof and the fan itself is also a symbol of secret communication. You know, in in some cultures, it's just used to cool yourself off. Mm -hmm. But prior to um, modern times, the fan was used as a way of flirtation, as a way of disguising what women were thinking. And in um, Chinese cultures, women would write themselves, uh, they'd they'd have a fan partner and they'd write letters back and forth in a secret language that only they knew. And so it was a way for women to communicate without men knowing what they were saying. So the fan, in this case, actually has a very important role in the in the piece. And you'll also notice in the front, um, uh, again, I hope I can say this, in the pubic area, I drew in hair, but in the hair is written, we are so much more than this. And that was my reaction to Trump's statement about what he could do with women's bodies.
0: And grab because them.
3: Because he's he's famous. Yeah. 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 Um, and so when I was working on this piece, I had wanted to do a second piece about men, and I created this concept called the Man Project. I don't know if that'll be its final name, but you know, men, as much as uh, particularly white men have a, a certain kind of power in the culture, they are also vulnerable to the way the culture holds expectations for them. You know, the idea of toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and white male privilege, it gives them a lot of power, but it also takes a lot away from them in the sense that they can't be vulnerable the way women are allowed to be without having their masculinity questioned. And so I wanted to give men a chance to talk about, you know, how do they see themselves as opposed to how they are in the larger culture and how do those cultural perceptions both serve them or prove to be toxic to their physical and mental health. And I've talked to a number of people about this, and people are getting really excited about it. My hope is I can work again with Bill Doherty um, to kind of create the framework for how I would engage with men, because obviously they, they may not want to just talk to me unless I have a male partner that makes it feel more safe sure. for them. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I think it's fascinating in that, it's a great contrapuntal to you know the image of women and the forced roles that we are put in and expectations um, and to have something that allows an exploration of the forced roles and, and how does that limit and, and yet also maybe produce some um, – in the change, some things that go back to the piece that we talked about in the, the last segment of is this part of the divide that we're experiencing as well and are there changes – happening. Exactly. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, if we, you know, like we were talking on the break, if there is a way to help empower men to be full human beings
1: mm-hmm. and not
3: see that toxic masculinity as just a power but also as a detriment to them, there there may be part of the solution of what's happening these insurrections where people are they're feeling empowered by doing violence. Right. Instead of by doing right or well within the context of the culture and their families and the world in general.
0: Well, it's a wonderful expression of art to change the world. And (laughs) it will be – will this Uh be something that we should uh, track through art to change the world when you get this going? I hope so. Oh, good. I hope this
3: is something we can yeah. we can bring to the fore, and maybe other people will engage in that concept and produce other work around the same topic.
0: So that's a great way to encourage our audience to go check out arttochangetheworld.org. Um, take a look at some of the cool art and artists that are involved with um, Art to Change the World. And thank you. Thank you, Jill, for, for joining us today and, and sharing your art and how – Art can, through social practice, um, heal and and heal both women and men, and perhaps open the door to a new reality.
3: Oh, thank you, Lori, and thank you, Lale, too. I so much appreciate yeah. all the work you've done to make today happen.
0: Thank yeah. you. I'm so glad you are here. And we're excited. We're going to have to go to break now. But in our next segment, we've got another artist that's going to be joining us, and he'll also be sharing about how his art is helping to change the world through social practice and healing. So stay with us. We'll be right back after a few short commercials. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz your host and we are co-producing this show today with Art to Change the World. It's a great nonprofit and we have Lael McDill who is my co-host and she's chair of ACW Art to Change the World. And thank you so much Lale for bringing such wonderful artists today.
1: Yeah, it's so much fun to share the amazing art that the artists of Art Change the World do. And I'm so excited to bring Jason Randall in. He does work that is like nothing you've ever even imagined before. <laughs> it's, it's He's a creative technologist, which just already makes you go, what is that? <laughs> so he's designing with these interactive electronics. It's, it, I have not seen it in person, but just checking it out on the website is amazing. And after the pandemic, I am totally going to see it. Face to face.
5: So, Jason, it's so good to have you here. Thanks for that wonderful introduction, Leo. Nice, nice to hear you. Yeah, and, yeah. And nice to hear you, Lori, as well.
1: Oh,
0: thank you. So, Jason, I'm looking at your website, and I've opened up your
5: sculptures.
0: And, and do you call them electronic sculptures?
5: Yeah, that's that's a tough thing for uh-huh. me. Um, currently, I'm going with interactive electronic sculptures. Okay, because that kind of covers everything.
0: And I'm intrigued with one that you call Help. And it looks to me like this beautiful glowing red light, but it, it throws shadows and light on the wall of all kinds of um, dimensional pictures and, and or not pictures as much as maybe graphic designs. Tell me about this piece.
5: Well, Help is um, meant to um, explore the concepts of isolation separation and identity as a result, as it relates to COVID-19. Mm. Um, so during the pandemic, you know, we were all kind of shut in for a while. And I realized that, you know, we all need a little help right now. And But the word help can mean many different things. So for me, I wanted to approach it in a couple of different ways. And so, you know, I, once masks started getting worn and everyone was isolated behind Acrylic barriers, and we were all staying in our homes. Um, it help started looking a little differently to everybody, and whether you were, you know, a, a storekeeper or a healthcare worker that was offering help to someone else, or whether you were a person seeking help from a storekeeper or a healthcare worker, you would look like you had a mask on. You would look impersonal. You would be behind some isolated barriers. And we would not look human anymore. Mm. So, help mm-hmm. looks that way when you first look at it. It looks off putting and abrasive. But if you look a little deeper, there's a synerg- synergistic interactive brain inside of it. And as you talk to it, um, it picks up the sound of your voice and it reacts and plays different colors. So, you, can,
0: coven- so you can, when you talk to it, that's when it, it, it reacts and, and has different colors on the wall?
5: That's correct right. It reacts to the sound in your voice. So, How cool is that? <laughs> you know, very cool. So the, the idea was that even though you know we look with a mask on and we're behind acrylic barriers and it seems like we're inhuman and impersonal at this point, um, if you look a little closer, either at, at the store storekeeper or whoever you're dealing with, we're all alive. Mm-hmm. We're all paying attention we're all living our lives but we're just separated right now a little bit
0: and we so react with help and we react to sound and we react to sounds of voices you're absolutely right
5: that's right and so the idea was that um, you know as you as you talk to it and it reacts it reminds you that it's still alive and um. we're still alive so maybe the next time you're interacting with you know one of our, our humans, you'll realize we're all still alive. We're just separated a little bit by some some barriers.
0: <laughs> what a wonderful reflection. What a wonder, wonderful way of looking at the challenges that we're facing and producing them in, in an art form. Now, we have just about a little over a minute, and I've got another piece that I would love to have you share about, and it's called Refilled. And it looks like it's this beautiful oblong, but it's this gorgeous blue, just, just intriguing blue. It's night blue almost.
5: Yeah, well, refilled is um, it, it, it's a uh, made entirely out of reclaimed materials. Um, there, it's about a thousand individual pieces. Um, it's made of uh, prescription pill bottles and a satellite dish. It also c- contains electronic, uh, interactive electronics. Um, but this one is meant to show um, th- what can happen if what you get when you email. And internet, everything through the satellite dish and through the internet to you. So, how can I put that better? Well, let me see.
0: Well, you, you know, I, I give it been just a. I only have a couple more seconds, and I want to have you make sure that you share your um, your website so folks can see it. So, if you want to just oh, yeah. summarize, what 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 refilled means to you?
5: Refilled just represents everything that can be refilled oh. that you can order over the internet mm-hmm. and get to get sent to your home somehow.
0: Well, I, I think it's absolutely beautiful and it is very intriguing and well worth taking a look at. Tell us how to uh, check out your website.
5: Uh, JasonRandall.com, J-A-Y-S-O-N, Randall, R-A-N-D-A-L-L, JasonRandall.com.
0: Jason, thank you for joining us today. and uh,
1: Absolutely, Lori.
0: And Lail. tell us a little bit more about Art to Change the World and then how to get the website
1: yeah so yeah, please check out art to change the world, uh, dot org and um you can become a member. We're doing a member drive right now. we'd love to have you only uh, as well as twenty five dollars you can become a member. and we're doing some really interesting projects. so definitely check out the website.
0: And we're planning to do some more Art to Change the World shows uh, in the next few months. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned mm-hmm. uh, to have be part of our show with us. We'd love to have you think about being an artist. I think we talked about how cool it is to, to do projects. And sometimes you might be intimidated and not consider yourself an artist. But we all have that art within us. And Art to Change That's the right. World is a great place to, to join other people and, and maybe explore your art. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a part of the conversation today, making the connections, and exploring how art can be a social practice and support our healing. Have a wonderful week.